0: we can
1: talk about the actual target later. Yeah, we can we can talk about that in a second. But yeah, what I want, want to do is I want to go to prom, but by prom, I mean I want to go to the uh, this actual episode of the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rune Terrible Radio. I am your host, Blevins. With me, as always, is Saucy Mailman. What's up, buddy?
2: Hey, what's up, dude? How's
1: it going? It's going well, and we have, yet again, another guest, Saucy. We've got the man, the myth, the legend, the streamer extraordinaire. We've got Nick Makes plays. What's up, buddy?
0: I thought when you said the guy who's with me always you're gonna like jokingly say me and i was gonna be like this is my first time, like, Wait, no, I don't know time. What's going- when you said uh i would know that we started this is like that time right I know when when
1: the when the theme song starts and you can hear it and i'm dancing and you said, <laughs> and you said we're starting yeah
0: <laughs> got it.
1: see i try yeah, to make yeah, it as obvious it. as possible sometimes you just need a little yeah. bit of a nudge but I'm no, really it makes
2: stupid. it more fun No, it's more fun that way because then you get to see that the shock face like, oh, this is a thing that's happening. (laughs) It it is
1: is funny when people are like, wait, why can I? Oh,
2: okay.
1: (laughs) But it's I mean, it's a fantastic song done by Delver Music. If you're looking to check them out, make sure you do. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Saucy's got the hat. Saucy will throw the link to their Twitch channel and and Twitter and whatnot. (laughs) Um, Or not one or the other. This is great. Uh, Great water. It's, by yes, water. yes, today's episode <laughs> is brought to you by water. If you're looking for hydration, look no further than the good old H2O water in stores now. Uh, not really. We're not at, Water, water not you pay. can
2: use it to make coffee.
1: You can that's use it to make <laughs> coffee. <laughs> um, I swear we're going to actually talk about Legends of Runeterra at some point. There's going to be like people who are listening to the first time and they're like, what the hell
2: did I click These guys a- have the worst all-over-the-place <laughs> podcast. Dumbest
1: show ever, but that's okay. Yeah. That's great, Um, but Saucy, before we get into talking with Nick about what he's doing in LOR and all of the awesome topics we have planned, we've got, for the first time, Saucy, we've got a little bit of housekeeping to go over because we've got some brand spanking new patrons that went over to patreon.com slash radio and have shown their support uh, we mentioned it at the end of the last episode, but Cosign Joe was the very first patron. He came in at the $20 level. Night Striker came in at the $10 level, and Hound came in at the $5 level. So shout-outs to all of them. Again, you can also support us over at patreon.com slash radio. And get a shout out as well. Yes, we got, and even get the "Let's Go" from Nick Makes Plays. Yeah, Let's Go. Let's Go. go. Uh, We're
2: like we're like real we're like real kid podcasters now. I know. I've
1: got a little section at the beginning. We've got patrons. It's it's great. We've got we've got awesome guests. It's awesome. But okay, so that's the housekeeping. Now we get into the nitty gritty of it and we're going to start Mm -hmm. off by talking about you nick and your background in card games and all that stuff so for those of you uh for the fans who don't know what is your background in strategy game card games where do you come from
0: so i play like every card game i played. Most I played Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic, Hearthstone, Pokemon, Shadowverse. Uh, I'm not everyone, but you know some of the main ones. Mm -hmm. But the only game I pursued competitively was Yu-Gi-Oh, and I was at one point the best team in the world, and I was a pro player. I played competitively ten years. I don't really know what that is. Definitively, like you're a pro, but at least like five of those years Um, topped in one events and stuff, and uh, a lot of fun. So yeah, I came from that. Um, but I do like to play the other card games I said mm-hmm. casually, or and if my friends are competitive, like I've helped people test for like Magic, uh, whatever they are. Pro, pro Tours. Well, they, or, they, uh, pro, they used pro, to be pro tours. pro tours. I
1: don't know what they're called probably anymore. Like EPQs and stuff.
0: Yeah, but, yeah.
1: Um, I just like card
0: games a lot. They've always been really fun to me. I grew up obsessed with like Pokemon, Yu Gi Oh. They were mm-hmm. just both really addicting growing up. I thought they're really cool. I like Nintendo games too, and uh, I like playing games in different ways. I like, uh, especially like for example, like. In Yu-Gi-Oh, there's no drafting really, mm-hmm. but my friends made like cubes. Most people people will are from Magic. Mm-hmm. So I like doing those. Play Pokemon cubes. I like playing. I played like uh, revisited the base set Pokemon just to make things there. So I guess I just like card games, casual and competitively. I mean, competitive like like competitive drive and winning tournaments is like my number one goal. It's like the most, the highest like adrenaline and peak to me for mm-hmm. fun. But I love it, just. I think card games are fun. I like the theory
1: crafting and the deck building. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, a lot of us, uh, of course, came from uh, similar backgrounds. Saucy and I came from Magic and Hearthstone mostly. I played, I played Yu Gi Oh way back in the day, like in two thousand three. Like, oh, yeah, wow. like my my deck was. I, I was playing all of the like the banned cards. Uh yeah. like that was every deck was like Change of Heart, Monster Reborn, Yadagarasu, Injection ferret like all like all of the like super good cards, and then like mm-hmm. three tech slots to make your deck look a little bit different than the other ones.
0: Yeah. No, I swear
1: it's just started... a
2: completely different deck.
0: I've got one <laughs> yeah. card different. Okay. So I made this myself. Uh so the cool th- I started to nine, but the cool thing I've heard people play back when you played. Was that there was no like internet, uh, or I guess it, maybe there was scarce so there wasn't any like internet. Very little. You, could just go, you, you couldn't just go look up like what's the best deck as easy as right. now. Like, rune tear people make guides constantly where it's like, yeah, here's the top decks, here's how you play this. But back then, if you're playing somebody like an opponent in Yu Gi Oh! 2003, like mm-hmm. you sit down, their deck could be anything, and right? You, it could even be cards you've never seen before, yeah. like, depending on how much you played. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool to feel that, like, uh, like, there's a, a agreed-upon old-school format for you, it's 2005, hmm. and, like, the decks are, like, 10 million times better now because, like, <laughs> being able to revisit it and have, like, you know, like, 10 years of, like, yeah, crafting yeah. and improving them, but a lot of people are saying it's super skillful back then because people, like, you were tested in a different way where you couldn't just mm-hmm. go, like, the decks were worse, but it, everyone's was the decks were worse, so you, if you were truly yeah. a good deck or a you would, like, do well because you were ahead of the curve. Yep.
1: Well- it it was also cool because, like, even more so than, like, magic in some ways, like, people would build around the theme, right? Like, people love to build their, like, dragon decks and magic or elves or goblins or whatever, but, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! also had the show around it so it's like yeah dark I, we, magician deck. yeah like people would play the dark magician deck or like the egyptians deck and like all that stuff and like the 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 sets had the themes and like if you were super hardcore optimizing like yeah you wouldn't play like whatever super expensive um you know random theme or, uh, of the set but like you would just play like the super powerful cards but like if you get those things online and you're not ready for them, like you can really get blown out by some of that stuff. And uh, yeah. it was there's like cookie
0: cutter decks that are powerful, mm-hmm. which is like all the best cards. And then there's all, those usually called chaos because a lot of them revolved around light and dark monsters. Yeah. And there's also just, the, uh, you, you know, especially at one point, I think it was around 2008 where they started really getting more so into archetypes. Mm-hmm. It's actually funny. Cause I think I remember that. I, I don't know if it was like a, maybe it was just a magazine or maybe it was official comedy or something. I don't remember. People were asking what they wanted more of and I broke saying archetypes. And then, Started printing like archetypes, and that's how it mm-hmm. started getting pretty crazy because they would give like full support towards one thing. I remember the, the oldest archetypes in the entire game is called Gravekeepers, those might be the Egyptians you're referring to. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came out in like 2005, 2004, and then uh, 10 years later, or I guess I don't know, maybe like 2011, uh, six years later, they got like crazy support, mm-hmm. and then it just revived an archetype that like wasn't really like uh, a thing for yeah. like six years, and then actually became one of my favorite decks. That's awesome,
1: so fun. nice. Yeah, it, it the archetypes were like you played Lord of D and had dragons in your deck or like yeah. you played um what was the thing called Gradius was was that a thing I think and like Oh yeah,
0: yeah, great yeah, the yeah, sold machine. That's wild Yeah, the machine
1: decks. I'm telling you, I played like literally yeah. I think there were four or five sets out when I play when I was playing, but yeah, yeah it it was a really a completely different time in terms of like, yeah, you I mean there were websites, but like I was you know, like Twelve, so like I didn't yeah. even. Yeah, I, I, Like I you make love what you have, right? Mm-hmm. I got to use the internet like twice a week on my parents' dial-up connection. So it's like, you know, I
2: don't, did they ever have it in Yu-Gi-Oh? Like in Magic, where you'd get the uh, the big the big ass magazine that come out once a month to tell you the values of all the cards? do they have those for Yu-Gi-Oh?
0: Yeah, they had, Yeah, they actually have. Uh, uh, later on, they have thing called Shonen Jumps as well, which is the official Yu-Gi-Oh things, mm-hmm. and they come with cards. Yeah, yes. people love that. I just remember, like, I
2: remember always getting the ones for for Pokemon and for uh, Magic where, like, yeah, this card is worth X, Y, and Z, and, like, they would value the cards, and then the internet happened, and people were like, no, this card's actually worth $800 (laughs) now, and then it became a shit show.
1: I, you know, it's, it's, I always think about, like, going back in time and, like, knowing what I know now about, like... not even, like, like finance, but just, like, knowing what, like, the values of things actually mean and, like, how fast yeah. it can actually change. Like, you can just take so much... Advi- like, I, I, I feel like it'd be fun to go and be like, oh, well, this card is actually much better than they're valuing it at and just picking up... Like, I'm sure there are people who are my age now back then that were doing that. But, yeah, I mean, so, they, had, they always had, like, uh, the Beckett card guides, which came from, like... Yeah, um, yeah which came from, like... Uh, Baseball cards and, and sports, traditional sports cards, but then they started picking up like, you know, magic cards and Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon and all that.
0: I had a $5 card and, uh, I got, so the first track I played competitively I got by the nationals. Mm-hmm. So I was 15 and, um, I went to the nationals and there was a card and I was, you know, for fifteen. I was, you know, smart enough to like know to like my prices and my cards and look mm-hmm. them up. This guy was buying his card for five dollars each, right? And it was like a secret rare, but it was like not played at all. Mm-hmm. Like it was just literally not played whatsoever. So he's like, "Hey," in um, my binder, like, "Hey, would you sell these for five dollars each?" And I was like, "Let me just look them up." And I looked them up, and yeah, they're like four or five dollars. And I was to me L fifteen, so five dollars is actually like yeah. a decent amount. I was like, oh, "Sweet, ten bucks!" Like, and I sold them uh, the next day at the event. They were one hundred and ten dollars each, and they never went down after that for like three wow. years. It was like, it actually became, that card actually became like one of the main cards of the entire game after that event. And then it became like Banned Leader. That's crazy. But I didn't, I I mean, as a kid, I didn't, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you got
1: what it was worth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. I didn't really think it was gonna be that great because like uh, no one played at the time, but I guess that guy, because there are vendors that are friends with pros and I'm sure the pros at the time are like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Secretly like the best card. Like oh yeah you need to pick these up all weekend and stuff like that. I had that one time where like, there was a card that was only a super rare. So not that hard to get. Mm-hmm. And they're only $2 each. And I, I, I was playing three in my deck and no one was playing it. I was like, this card is so good. Like I know this card is going to be so good. And mm-hmm. then, uh, I did one event and so other people and like everyone had their deck. And then I had like, I had like 15 cause I could just tell it yeah. to be good. Yep. And they went up to $10 each. And that was really cool.
1: Yeah. It, it's fun to have those little, uh, those little wins there. I definitely paid for a trip to Orlando and the resulting four days at, uh, um, four days at universal by um buying goblin rabble masters back in the day on magic but yeah really really cool and i mean we could talk about that sort of stuff for for hours and hours but let's get back a little bit into lor and obviously nick you mentioned you just love card games and whatnot but what really drew you into to legends of runeterra because obviously that's like your main focus now right
0: yeah, so I was uh, so when I moved with my friends in college, I like play a lot of video games and it, I didn't have a Nintendo Switch. but I knew I was gonna buy one for like the new Smash Bros and new Pokemon games that I assumed were to come out and switch at the time. They weren't mm-hmm. even announced yet. And um, I was like, well, I, I might as well stream it. Right. Mm-hmm. And they said they do it with me. But then when it came down to streaming a lot. It was more like me, like they would come sometimes, but mm-hmm. it was more just like they, they just, were, you know, it was like them. So I'll stream Mario Kart. I actually stream Mario Kart uh for three months straight every day for like Mm -hmm. six to eight hours it's a lot of fun but it's a lot of Mario Kart and then eventually (laughs) I saw like the beta come out for like uh the the Legend of Terra Mm -hmm. and my friend was like hey they're making Legend of Terra card game or League of Legends card game I don't play League of Legends I don't I didn't play TFT I didn't do anything right and all my friends always want to get me to play League Mm -hmm. but I said I wouldn't because I knew it was one of those games that people say when you start playing it you just like you play like infinitely
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and i just said i knew i'd be sucked into it so yeah i was like i want to play so but i was like well okay well, card game i gotta play that right yeah and um i watched the original time they first showed it and Mm -hmm. then i remember that week it was like disguised toast like had dropped keys in his chat so i just left that open all week and i got into it and i got into closed beta it was the first there was two closed betas they're both three days each one was october and november i played october one and it was just so fun i was like wow this is like amazing like i really hope this becomes like taken off, taken off like uh, you know I think that most people play card, uh, certainly at least particular card games for a long time, like say you played Hearthstone for like five years, or Magic play like, five plus years or Yu Gi Oh whatever, mm-hmm. you see the power you see the power creep in the game and you kind of just want like a breath of fresh air like that new thing yeah and the advertisements were just like skill of RNG like this game is like super interactive which I, I was one of the main things I liked about Yu Gi Oh is how interactive it was like I felt like if you were a good player or like a better player than them, you always could like interact or make mm-hmm. it so you can win like, you're always in so much control of your games like people don't play Yu-Gi-Oh, like usually like they meme about it and say how it's like oh pot agree blah, blah, blah. that's just like tv show stuff yeah, yeah. Of, like you like, oh, know for this first turn kills is like those would never actually work against anybody those are literally like those are like like clickbait people for people who don't actually play the game mm-hmm. like oh mm-hmm. like literally one in two billion percent chance if you're not playing it's a tournament player this yeah. will happen but, like the actual game is super interactive like you can play like, cards both players turns and, of course the traps right so i liked this game a lot because i was like this is pretty cool Because you can do things your opponent's turn. And I liked Mm -hmm. how there's interactive. Um, The spell mana was interesting to me because uh, I played some magic, you know, casually. But it was kind of, you know, weird how, like, with land, you can either not draw lands. (laughs) Or if you, like, miss, like, uh, a turn of, like, max value of your curve, it can get weird. But this game was like, oh, the spell mana idea is genius. Because Mm -hmm. even if you miss your curve, you still have a chance to, like, play. And you're not, like... It just felt so fair. Like, the game felt more consistent, and I, it was mostly just, I love card games, and it was a new card game, but then when I was playing it, I was like, this is super fun, and I, I really played, like, on the, during the beta, I played, like, like 12 hours, like, every day. I was like, this is so fun. I would just play all day, and I was like, I can't this come out, so it was fresh, it was fun, and interactive, and I still think that uh, it holds those values, so I really liked it. I just, basically, I did that, then it, then it went away, right, I had a month. Yep. between then and the next closed beta and if you're in the first one you can the second one yep so i was like well i guess i'll just play tft then to like i don't know like it's it's right yeah. and my friend was trying to get me to play TFT at the time she was like it's just like card games you'll love it and yeah. i actually liked it a lot and i started to feel like oh these games are actually really fun like i and i just couldn't wait for the uh the beta the new beta and then mm-hmm. yeah i just liked it new card game it was great it was it was amazing I i literally said like this is my last uh, go at a card game because like Oh, The reason I quit that was because I was going to college, and that games really expensive. Yeah, like traveling, yes. and it's also like the time commitment to be a top mm-hmm. a pro player. You need to practice like six hours a day in certain match, like certain matchups. I'll go to my my team's house and we play one matchup, mirror matches for eight hours. Yeah, and like that, like all day. We get go to a break, get food, come back, play a mirror match over and over again. And I just felt uh that wasn't that doable college, but this game is like online and. Mm-hmm free to play so i don't know it hit every mark it was fun fresh and i like it fun if i'm having fun with something like you can you can just play it all day and not notice what time goes because you're just yeah. like so into it and people ask me a lot like dude how can you play like six hours of games like i can play like three or four games without getting burnt out i'm like it's just a lot of fun i would I, I just have fun like the whole time yeah so like, i just want to keep playing it even off stream i play like, no joke, people, like, queue into me mm-hmm. and, like, message me and be like, wow, you play off stream, and, like, you already <laughs> sh- played, like six hours. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I just, you know, I was getting dinner, and I just thought, what if I had this card in my deck? It'd like, be cool. And then I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, and, and
1: <laughs> so, that's part of the beauty of the the game, too, is it's like, yeah, you can put a lot of time and effort and, and play the game a ton, and you get, you know, you get rewarded for... The the effort that you're putting in. But also like you can just play a couple games a day and be fine. And you know, not everyone has yeah. to play ten thousand hours a day just to get the cards to be able to play a yeah. deck, right? <laughs> like uh like yeah. some of the other I
0: don't have a full collection. Yeah. I don't have a full collection. Like a lot of people in my chat say they only play like a few games a day, free to play since like the beginning. They have full collections, sometimes since the beginning. I mean I have three counts, that's why I don't have a full collection, right. but uh the point is um you don't have to play that much to get all the cards, like yeah. Especially, like, I tell people, if you spend, like, $10 just to get your first, like, good decks, you can, like, get the reward, region mm-hmm. reward at like, a decent rate. You can easily have, like, everything you want. Like, other card yeah. games, uh, comparatively, I'm sure everyone who's played card games knows, like, to get a Tier 1 deck, it costs, like, you know, a lot of times, like, hundreds of dollars. Yeah. This game, nice. get a Tier 1 deck, you get, like, what, six champions, and you can get, like, half of those just by, like, playing easily. You can get yeah. all of them, really, if Yeah. You want. I mean, $10 in other card games is, like a super rare, you need, like, two of, or right. something. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's two cards on a deck.
1: Yeah, it's, uh... I I did a, a little stint of uh free-to-play on an EU account, and it was at the time that the Noxus... The Champless Noxus Elusives deck was sure. very good. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the Noxus Elusive deck was super good. And, uh, like, I built a shell of it, played, like, didn't lose in, like iron or bronze or whatever like and in like two days i had the complete tier one deck and then from there it's just like well okay i if i can spike a couple of champs here and there like i can make a deck it's like it's super yeah. super cheap yeah. and whatnot but um i've been playing
0: deep this format on eu and uh it's funny because i i have an eu account from when i got rank one na and scouts i was like what do i do i guess i'll pay mm-hmm. master eu whatever and i actually have three Nanos three Malka, and a full deep deck without crafting the <laughs> well, I, I crafted some of the secrets, but I yeah. didn't I wasn't going to. I literally just got like Maokai and is like just from playing. Like mm-hmm. it, the Bilgewater reward just kept getting me like like the, nice. the Bilgewater was just like Nautilus, Nautilus. And I was like, Yeah, yeah you got okay. all the stuff. And then, yeah, the shadow was just like Maokai, Maokai. And then people are this format, like I'm playing on you a lot this format, and they're yeah. just like, Why are you playing deep? And I'm like, I just have this deep deck. I don't really have anything else but like deep and like Nightfall. So like I'm just playing deep and like it's not that bad. So Yeah, yeah it's solid. But,
1: that's awesome. But, yeah. So um Obviously, you know, playing Yu-Gi-Oh at the at the highest level uh at the time that you did, very different from L O R right now, right? Because it's, you know, the first, you know, two or three sets, however you want to look at it, um Mm -hmm. versus Yu-Gi-Oh, which had a a store like decades of cards, right? Or a decade plus of cards. What's it been like going from being at that super high competitive level where you have years and years of uh, just cards and people's experiences versus going into a game where you're literally one of the first players playing it in the like closed-ish beta of uh, of a game's existence.
0: Mm,
1: I've always uh, liked
0: deck building. Like deck building, fearing is probably my favorite part of the game. Like I enjoy playing a lot, but theory and deck building is what gets me really hooked. It's like, as I said, like, being dinner like oh what if i add this card in my deck for this matchup yeah. or like what if this raises consistency or what if i cut this card for this matchup makes it worse than this matchup but my next better overall etc cetera, etc cetera. and it just makes me really excited that's what really like gets me into um deck building and when to try stuff out and i've always liked that kind of thing in other card games doesn't actually all of them i just love theorying like if I theory one thing i really want to try it so i've always been a person who likes to do my own theory so um i like the new cards because i don't feel like i have to like rely on other people i guess like before like another person who's like oh man this is this xo new why need you go look at what people are playing i'm just like okay i'm gonna theory what i want to do and this looks good in theory like mm-hmm. the thing i say a lot uh about this game is that people really underrate how good things are that they don't know about like uh i'm like for example like bb i think bbg is a pretty good example like, people will say a card's not good or like that it's, like average or bad and then it would take someone like i'm not gonna say me because it sounds um, i guess you're me, in like you're in that and, you're you're yeah, there yeah and then we'll make it and they're like oh i knew that was good like right. yeah, blah 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 and i think it's also easy people shoot cards down a bit easily in this game because mm-hmm. i think this game's pretty balanced like um i'll go a few formats uh, a few examples i guess like twist fate fizz i made a Twisted fate fizz deck like mm-hmm. last format i only made it because i've only tried two chains i haven't tried in the whole game and it was fizz and leeson like i always make fizz for the first time and then i was like wait this the second potential, and I kept doing better with it, and I think I made it like near tier one, or if not tier one. Mm-hmm. And then that was like near the end of the format. And I'm like, see, yeah. is like, there's more that meets the eye. You just can't be so close my Like, people, I'd be like, well, what do you guys think about phase? I'm sure, I'm sure most people would. If I talk to them, they'd be like, he's not very good. But then, but what if he actually is? And then another example, I remember uh, during that burn format, uh, not the one we're talking about, the one where like burn, burn, like P and yeah, yeah, yeah. Burn was yep. really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like Bannerman and that, and then. Uh, BBG was stuck in, like, Platinum or something for, like, a bit. Just trying stuff out, and then he eventually got into Lux Karma. And at first, he didn't do that great with it. You know, he did, like, average. Then he just kept refining Lux Karma. Lux Karma. By the end of the format, BBG Lux Karma was, like, tier one. Like, yeah. top three decks in the game. And it's just, like, if you ask people at the beginning of the format, like, "What do you mean know Lux Karma? I'd be like, ah, it's not good. It was just yeah. die to burn. Like, you okay. know, it won't be that great. And then when BBG does it, people are like, oh, dude, Lux Karma's so good. Like, I knew it. Like, it's just, like... You gotta be open-minded, so I think that there has to be people innovating things. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it has to be me, but I think in general I enjoy deck building and theory crafting and stuff like that, so I like doing the innovation and I hope other people uh, like invading stuff too. So, mm-hmm. in terms of your in terms of your actual question, how do I feel about the game being new? I mean, to me it's just another, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I do set comes down in Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, you do use older cards, but I have to be the one to innovate or my team yeah. and make new stuff. Like, it's easier in Yu-Gi-Oh! because, um... I guess it does come with experience. Like, you can kind of tell what will actually be good. Right. In this game, since it's newer, like, it's more like, will this be good? Will it not be good? I just think there's no downside to trying things. People are like, oh, that's bad. It's just like, well, let's just try it. You know, it could be good. Like, yeah.
1: What are you going to lose? A couple of ladder points? Who cares? Like, yeah, it doesn't doesn't uh, really matter right now.
0: Like, when you see dragons, you probably think, oh, this is an incomplete Archetype swing for Shyvana. And then, uh, you know, it's actually done really well. Just pure old Dragons. Other champions, mm-hmm. uh, just I think it's number one SCA at one point. I SCA is a smaller region, but it, I think there was someone who got into top three EU with it at some point. And then we have uh, Teal Red doing really good in NA with uh, the Lux, yeah, Lux ASOL, yeah, Dragons, or it's not Dragons, but Lux ASOL, yeah, but yeah, but um, like you know, if i asked people two weeks ago, how good is this Lux ASOL? Say, ah, uh, you know, it's a risk here too, whatever. Right. And then now you see it like becoming like a regular thing you play against, and people are like, oh, this is really good. So I just think uh, I've always liked being open minded to a mm-hmm. card being good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I like, I, I'm cool with it being new. I like that building, I like theory. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing to me, I think.
2: So I th- I think uh, similar to that, how you're talking about, people are too quick to shoot down cards in this game, and sometimes it just who takes... the community, no, yeah, never, never does that happen. Reddit doesn't exist. Um, Where, how do you feel this deck rewards? Uh, you for like learning how a deck works like putting effort into it. Because I know um I mean a lot of people know you from your recently the Nocturne Diana deck. Um mm-hmm. you're doing really well with it. Oh yeah and it was at the time yeah. where people were saying Nocturne was trash. He was the worst champion and uh, you know that, it's so. yeah exactly. And it's it's a difficult no, uh, deck. No. But, uh, I know.
0: But I, I, I was around when people are shitting on Nocturne and you're like, no this okay. deck's gonna so be I'll good. Talk about it real quick. All right. So yeah, bring it up. I got you. I got you. All right, Noct- Nocturne Diana. So the first thing that happens is that I first saw Diana, I was like, the card's going to be amazing. I saw and I was like, eh, pretty, maybe it could be pretty good, you know, maybe average, maybe good. But I didn't think it'd be bad, really. Yeah. And then uh, I played the deck for a bit, and I'm like, man, you know, okay, okay, well, the day before this, I actually made a bunch of decks. And then I saw Nightfall, and I was like, looking at it, and I was like, this looks below average to average. That's honestly how it looked on paper. Then the first day started, and I was like, so I had two decks I wanted to play. I had Aesol, and I, or I had Aesol, Leona, which is just like all the Slash of Mountain Scryer, even not Dreamers and stuff, you know, role playing whatever a little bit Shumple, <laughs> cards. And then I uh, had nightfall dana, and I was like, well, I don't think nightfall to be that great. I, I think asol leona looks really powerful, so I'll try the the worst one first. That way, I can just you know get out of the way and then put all my mm-hmm. time to like the one. Yeah, I started yeah. playing it, and I was like, ah, this X feels below average, maybe average, but something I, I just I I didn't really know if it'd be good or bad. The deck, like I thought, it, it honestly was just gonna be like maybe tier two, if like at best. But i felt i could improve as a player with it i was like okay well i'm losing because i'm not doing something right not because the deck's not good enough like even though the deck's not that much better like i can tell my like okay so my first 18 games i won six and lost 12 and i was just like i know this is better than this and i won't know how i won't know how truly good the deck is until yeah. i figure out what i'm doing wrong right mm-hmm. so i was like okay well i don't want to say oh i'm losing it's tier it's tier three tier two mm-hmm. i want to you know get as good as I, as I can with it and then say okay I'm pretty good. A confident opinion this is like tier two or whatever. And then I was like, this is average, whatever. And I was actually going to give it up a few times. I was playing it and I was like, oh man, like, isn't working. And I was like, well, but it's so fun. And you know, once yeah. I get that, that's what I get to go in card games. Once I get that, well, what if I add this? Or what if I try playing like this? Or what if I like do this play instead? Mm-hmm. Or what if I bait out this? Then that's when I get really excited about the game. So that was happening like the whole time. Because I was like, okay, I guess I'll try this. Then I'll try this. Then. And I was like, wait, this is a pretty good deck. And then, like, I started playing it more. I started killing people with Nocturne, like, regularly on, like, turn 5 and 6. Or even, like, even the, the games that, that wouldn't go, like, to turn 8, I found some, like, longevity. and I found ways to, like, gain more advantage. And I was, like, I, I, I quickly realized that like, if you play, like, aggro, it's, like, okay. Like, not that good. Mm-hmm. You just play, like, a mid-range deck, and you, you just kind of, like, gauge the situation. Like, if it's time to go in, it's time to go in. If it's time to chill, it's time to chill. Mm-hmm. You, you build, it's just a well on the deck that can pressure just if i feel the presence it can even chill back a little bit so i was just like wow wait this deck's super versatile i don't feel it and then the better i got with it i was like okay this deck's actually really skillful and if i lose i feel like it's because i did something wrong i feel mm-hmm. like the games i lose are in my control which is always a good feeling in card games
1: yes like
0: yeah. you lose you feel like you're not like ah oh, i couldn't do anything like I, I was like man i lost but i really think i could have won that one and yeah. it feels just good knowing i'm able to really like interact with my opponent and mm-hmm. it just feels fun a lot of decision making and I just stuck with it and then I don't remember what happened. I think I just started thinking it was actually good. No, no, I remember what happened. I was uh in plat 2 and a lot of people were a few people were diamond already. And I was like, "Man, I don't know what deck to play. I'm going to try jinx draven and I just kept losing. I was like, "Man, I'll just try knife all more time." And I went on a good winning streak with it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay." And then on diamond, I like started getting really good with it and clicked and I just like shot straight to master like beating like like most people I played against like mm-hmm. and then um the end of it i was like all right guys i'm gonna give you the rundown this deck is nice it's really hard to play <laughs> but once you get it down i mean this is the way i see a lot of decks in this game or any card game really there's it's not that an individual deck is too hard it's more about the learning curve some decks mm. are easier to become good with than others like if i was just to play elites right I would probably become a good elite player in like you know like 10 20 games mm. but some decks like karma ezreal like to be like a good karma ezreal player that could take you like hundreds of games yeah. And I felt like yeah. Nightfall was just higher up on there. And I just uh once I just stuck it out, it was really good. But yeah, the, the you know, before I ramble, so just break it down. Uh yeah, people said that deck sucked. They said Nightfall sucked. I went all over all over Reddit said it, it was just bad and like Nocturne was not playable. People were saying Diana was bad and like but mm-hmm. like Nightfall was just like the worst archetype. And I was like, Well, if I'm diamond with it right now, it can't be that bad, right? It's like right. 10 diamonders. It like, can't be that bad. Like, Especially since you're I mean, playing sure,
1: against other yeah. top-level people at that point. Yeah, like, exactly. You, you yeah, exactly. recognize like, the people you're playing against. Yeah. Bit. Yeah.
0: Every time I play against somebody, I was like, man, like my favorite uh, times of formats is actually the very beginning. Because I feel like those are the hardest matches. I always play against someone who's really, really good. And
2: mm-hmm. like,
0: and it's always cool to see the new stuff they're doing. Like I played against a lot of a uh, Lulu decks. I'm like, man, this is this guy innovating this Lulu deck. Like, mm-hmm. what's it about? And uh, yeah, I just I just kept playing and I ended up hitting Master, hit Master Rank one. And I was, and the funniest part about this is that I went on Reddit, and this was pretty quickly in the format, right? Everyone was still saying, like, I, the most recent post or the most popular post was, "Man, it just feels bad because Nightfall seems not that good. Like, mm-hmm. Nightfall seems a completeer. Nocturne is useless." And I'm just sitting here, like, like winning games with Nocturne, yeah. being like, "Wow, this card is like actually super good." And like Magway made a tweet about it, saying he thought it was good, but people didn't know how to play it, right? Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, "Whoa, Maguire also says do you raise." I'm like, "Yeah, like he gets it." And then. Yeah. People are like, nah, mogwash just saying that because he's optimistic and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, no, he's... See- like, really, it's good. Yeah. No, seriously, it, guys, yeah, I yeah, promise. It's I, actually I skill you. intensive. Yeah. yeah. So I put a post on Reddit when I hit rank one saying, hit master rank one Nocturne Diana. It got taken down with no no comment saying, like, why? Really? I was like, yeah, I was like, they just don't want to Conspiracy theorists. They're just
2: lying, yeah. yeah. Like, this guy, like, oh. this guy's obviously lying. Take this yeah. post down. <laughs>
0: And I put it like, and I ran through legendary priests. And a lot of people were like, "I don't get why you play that, like this and that." And I will try to explain like, "Well, I hit master rank one with it." It's like, I, I know like, I what they do, maybe. Yeah, the best way I could explain it was that if you put it as an all aggro deck without any end game, if you play versus Trundle Aesol or like Lux or Leona Aesol, any right. Aesol that makes you go to the late game, yeah. you're not gonna just kill them. Like, like you can get close, but it, they're they're gonna stall you. Like you're not. Gonna mm-hmm. Yeah, you
2: run out of steam if you yeah, play if it like an aggro deck.
0: Exactly. So I was like, you need this to like compete. Like you can get them close and then finish them off with like this and that. And like, you know, it's good. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it sums up the, the question is that I think people underrate the skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this yeah. is just card game players in general. There's a lot, especially a, the, actually the biggest case of people who underrate how skillful card games are, aren't even like casual players. It's actually the players that are slightly above average. Those are the ones that underrate the absolute mm-hmm. most. Those are usually the ones who say that card's not good. Uh, you know, I, yep. I, this that sucks. I did everything right. It's like I feel like once you play at a top level, like in tournaments, like like I did for Yu Gi Oh, or ho- I think other people maybe have. I actually don't know the card history of a lot of other mm-hmm. people who like pros, like who have actually like topped in one events. Most top players, like most people who hit top thirty-two, top forty-eight, top sixteen, mm-hmm. are like that. They're like, oh, I'm so good. Like that card sucks. I'm right. They kind of get like a. Th- they feel good by thinking they're better than people right. or so they're yeah. right about something. But top level players are like usually super overminded because. Um, sometimes top level players are the ones who do the, the quirkiest stuff. Yeah. Like you, I'm sure in Magic, you've seen. I mean, I don't, I haven't policy that much, but I'm sure that I can only imagine that there's been plenty of times. This a pro came out of nowhere with a deck that no one was playing. And oh, like, yeah. I mean, amazing with it. And I'm like, wow, like, yeah. how'd you do that? It's like, because they're open minded. Like, yep. if their friend says, hey, this could be good. Like, I have a friend at LR who best can be on Discord and says, hey, man, yeah, between you and me, I think this could really be a good card. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, like, let's, let's see it. Like, yeah, let's do it. Right. So I just feel, um, yeah, you gotta be open minded and see the potential in things. And that's really a, a huge strength. And I think if people are more open minded about cards, then they won't they'll they'll start thinking they're better than they are. They won't be like day two into the expansion, Nocturne sucks. The card yeah. its day yeah. two. It was,
2: it's brand well, new I mean, and people oh are like, my. oh, I know for a fact. Yeah. It was dude, it was oh so funny. I think it was the first or second day I ended my stream and you were still going, so I jumped in and uh, someone was asking what I was playing, and it was like a Leona, it was like a Leona, no, it was a Diana Timo deck. And they're like, that's impossible. That's going to be a bad deck. That's I'm like, impossible. it is the first day. It is the <laughs> yeah. first day of this set. Like, I'm, we're trying stuff out. Like, you no, know, Diana sucks. Yeah. Literally the first day. It's been like four hours this has been out. Yeah. It's already solved. That's it's
1: already solved. It Format like, yeah, solved. Too. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: The, formats, the thing people understand is formats don't get solved for usually years. And that will never happen in lor in my opinion right. i don't think lrs form will ever be solved in history no because they're going to change every month from change balance changes and yep. every two months from new cards yep so yeah. like usually points people think points are solved take 10 plus years like legacy for example in magic still has changes now that's like 10 mm-hmm. plus years old right like oh, yeah that's every, every format is like that like yeah. every format you don't just solve formats it takes years so when people are mm-hmm. like when i'm playing that from deck and they're like nick sorry i'm talking a lot no go ahead like no it's perfect this this is is, is why you're here exactly okay so i'm in plat right i'm plat one and i'm losing a bit winning a bit and they're like nick dude like you keep losing this knock and diana deck it's just not good like like you know you you know we want to see you get rank one or i mean i'd make the title like going for rank one again like i like i want to rooting for you like i really want you to do this like you got this man you're the homie but like you know maybe you should try something different and i'm just like dude i'm just like it's been like two days into the expansion, like, there's absolutely no way I'm playing everything right. Like, keep in mind, like, even if a deck is good, I still have to learn my opponent's decks, too. Mm -hmm. And, like, how to beat the matchups. I think people underrate how, like, important playing a matchup is. People just look at this deck beats this deck, or this deck's better than this deck. It's like, you, I I play every matchup differently with every deck, Mm -hmm. for the most part. You do play every single matchup differently, so... I'm just like, okay, well, that would be better if you cut Nocturne. And I'm like, well, how do I? How do I? How, how do many I games that? have you like, played I, with it, by the way? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, I haven't even seen like half the cards. Like, I don't even like. What if I'm just playing Nocturne wrong? And I really just like right. try to be as humble as possible and be like, it's not the deck, it's me. Because even if I, even if the deck's not that good, I, I knew for a fact, again, formats i saw for years. There's no way, like, I, I. So I've been playing cards my whole life, right, at a high level. Mm-hmm. I think I learn a deck faster than the average card game player, right? And if I think I'm not anywhere close to learning Nightfall in two days, there is no way it's like figured out. Like, I'm just like, okay, so this would take me minimum like two, three weeks of playing every day for me to feel like I really figured it out, even to like some extent, like really got it down. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't just want to say, oh, Nightfall is bad because I'm doing bad my second day with Nightfall. Like, I I probably don't know like half the things I can do. Yeah. Yeah. Th- well, and so, like,
2: yeah. especially in this game, because things like mulligans for s- every single specific matchup is mm-hmm. so important. Like you said, you need to play every matchup completely different based on what you're playing against, which isn't the same mm-hmm. in every card game, where sometimes a deck will just play itself. Uh, Which is like, we, Levins and I have talked about this many times how, like, playing aggro specifically in this game Mm -hmm. is more skill intensive than playing aggro in other card games because sometimes it's right to keep that Darius or the Harrowing or whatever in your opening hand, depending on what matchup you're playing against. So, I mean, not only learning your deck, but you need to learn all the other decks so much more in this game versus other card games
0: yeah yeah it's people always me on aggro players they don't get it bro i'm not an aggro player by the way yeah. everyone <laughs> always says i'm an aggro player well i just think it's fun i just think yeah. it's fun yeah it's i'll play whatever
1: right the, the the people do rag on on aggro players and it's it's gotta be from like the concept of it here's the thing is my theory on why people rag on aggro players or like aggro decks in general as being easy to play when in actuality they're not at the end of the day, what you need what you're doing, um what you're doing in every game is the same, right? You're getting your opponent down to zero. You're killing them from twenty, going down to zero. Aggro decks tend to do that relatively straightforward in terms of the number of steps it takes to get there. You're yeah. doing burn burn damage directly to their Nexus and and uh lowering them to zero. You're attacking with units relatively straightforwardly, and that part the the number of steps to get from 20 to zero is fewer than a control deck with Asol, where it's like, okay, I'm building up a board presence. I'm killing a bunch of their units. I'm playing big units. I'm making a lot of decisions with invoke, et cetera. At the end of the day, point a and point B are the same for both decks. It's just that the distance between the two may, might be larger for a control deck versus an aggro deck. And because that distance. Th- Because that distance is bigger, people assume that it's easier to get from point A to point B Mm -hmm. with an aggro deck. When actually, like, so many people... Like, the people who say uh, aggro is, uh, you know, three-head, they play aggro decks horribly. (laughs) Like, like, they they play them the worst. Like, I see people saying that, oh, like, in... uh, for instance, um, like I feel like it was and then when even- you do
0: good with them, they're like, "Oh, he's just an aggro player." Oh, he's just like, an aggro. You he- said it was hard, right? And then you, you can't do it, and it's hard. Yeah. But then when I do it, it's, it's just so easy. Like, it's yeah, just, I'm just laying my head on the table. Right. Yeah. Well, it,
1: in in Hearthstone, I feel like even more so than in Magic, it was the case because it's like, oh, Hunter, it's just so easy. But like, I see people like just misusing their hero power all the time, and it's like you're not even you're playing it so suboptimally. And
2: but it would just reward you for playing. You just get rewarded because sometimes,
1: because <laughs> like regardless of the archetype, like sometimes a deck is really strong, right? Like, and you can yeah. play it suboptimally yeah. and, and get there. What, what's really like blowing my mind in in the story that you're telling about Nightfall, Nick, is that you started off, you went six and twelve, and continued to play the deck. I I can't do that. Like it's so hard for I just, me.
0: I could feel the room for improvement. I was yeah. like, I
1: won't know how awesome. the deck is until I'm losing
0: because of the deck and not because of myself. Right. It, last thing's on aggro. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. I think that I think that aggro may be easier to play than other decks, but it's more resourcing, and you have if you mess up, you lose. So you have to make yes. less mistakes. Like here's the way I see it. Yeah. There's less decisions, so it's easier because you have to make the right decision less amount of times. Sure. But if you mess up one time, you lose. For right. the most part. Yeah. But with other decks, you can actually mess up one or two times or three times and still win. So it's, right. like, easier or harder. And also, this game's really interactive. So, like, when you're playing aggro, it's not like you're just playing solitaire like other games where, like, you, they can't. Well, they obviously, they can do stuff, too. But, like, yeah. it, it's not like I'm just playing things and doing stuff. I'm playing things, and then they're playing things to stop me. And I, it's, like, every matchup is different mm-hmm. because of their stuff. But, yeah. But yeah, I, I just, again, with the Nightfall thing, I yeah. just felt I couldn't tell how good it was until I was playing it right.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Which is
1: crazy, yeah. And
2: I, I think the the only exception to uh, aggro players being bad is uh, Neverglade Collector. So, anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I know. I'm I'm curious. So, uh, what are some of your least favorite and some of your favorite cards in this
0: game? Oh, that's a good question. My least favorite cards of all time were Braum when he had the one attack. Okay. Ooh, yeah. And- yeah. That, that was my least favorite card probably like maybe ever because there's only two that come to mind that are like on the same the same level as him it's mm-hmm. one and one other one himself and one other one because if you play him on four against aggro they instantly lost If you play him on four against mid-range they also lost instantly so you're like four yeah. uh-huh. and like people would always just say like daring is so good but like it's so easy to stop but i don't know um, really good win I don't right know. I mean, just, so. daring was good. but i guess the point i'm trying to make is Braun felt really oppressive to certain matchups and certain hands mostly like you know daring is a very powerful right and it could beat that deck a lot of time or mm-hmm. not really but sometimes but certain hands with any deck if you're like oh if they have brawn here and the worst is like you're playing a mid-range deck and like you want a fury to kill it but if they fear you back then they level up or you're like mm-hmm. close to level up and you, yeah so that and then my other card was the original troop of elnix because yeah. they literally if they've summoned it you they had a chance to immediately win the game yep and there's nothing just out do about of nowhere it. But it was nothing you could do it just happens (laughs) yeah we uh, were talking
2: about that card last night actually because someone was complaining about like ezreal being too strong right now and we were like have you played against troop of eldnux ezreal (laughs) when that was a thing like that sucked
0: just get knocked so i guess i'll I'll say like a few more i'll look through the card list real quick and say like a few cards that maybe i don't like that much but i have a lot i do like so i'll try to make it quick Right, maybe Fiora. I don't like Fiora's design. I think she's really interactive. The decks that are uh, very polarizing matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't like Revitalizing Roar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I like Star Shaping if it would heal like three. So I won't really mention. Oh, Black Market Merchant is like my least favorite card, like maybe ever too. Right. But not as much. I mean, I actually like playing it myself. And I think Braum and and, and uh, Trubanks are their own level, but Merchant is like extremely tilting. Yeah. Like can't for be. Some, I could actually go on like a whole like. 10-minute rant on why it's annoying,
1: but I'll just skip that. that. (laughs) Well, I think... What would you... I'm curious, because I've kind of pitched this idea, not that it matters that I'm pitching the idea or not, but what would you think about NAB if it were on... Like, what if in... Forget that Riptide Rex as a card exists, and imagine that instead nab was out of the game except riptide rex was like plunder nab four or something like that like that was the only instance of it where like you have a big splashy eight mana epic and that's the only instance of stealing cards from your deck it's not like a a a theme of the whole set it's just him and it's only on like and maybe the number is off but like it's just an eight mana flashy card that steals cards instead, like, like, um, Farron, for example. It's like, yeah. there's not a bunch of cards that create decimates, it's just a big eight mana dude that does this unique thing versus, like, oh, there's a two oh, mana one, man. and also, like, the best oh, draw spell in made the made game one. was was
0: that, too. Like, yeah, it's uh, so yeah. stupid. I mean, compared bad. to Black Market Merchant, I would 100% do it any day. I think Black yeah. Market Merchant was like, it, it, it's a two drop, two.
1: Uh, yeah, like if, it. if it Black Market Merchant was like Why a five mana do do four four Okay. Yeah, uh, there's so much. Yeah, so I, I I I agree. Um I wouldn't mind that as much. I think oh, okay, so other card I guess Yeah,
0: I don't like. Oh. Uh, I don't even I actually don't even not really like this card. I just don't think it's healthy though. Okay. Uh, you know, call me aggro player if you want. This is even about aggro. This is a mid range. This is just a card. Radiant Guardian this card Ooh. is like insanely polarizing. Like yeah, especially right now. Certain decks, like it's one of the only cards I feel like nothing the rest of the game even mattered. What happened, but if they play it, you can just like auto win in certain hands for certain hands, certain matchups, even certain yeah. hands that aren't even like that. You know, there's mid range decks. and They just play it, and you're just like, I can't beat this five five tough that like life steals. Because like once they play it that turn, if their deck ha- like if they have a single combat or can search like or anything, it's just like a mm-hmm. whole game. But everything that happened previously was just lost. And like you can't always play around it with your hands. So right. It's like you'd like to you like to you know think there's skillful methodology to going around it, but I mean, it's not the case all the time. It's kind of like Unhealing Spirit. That was one of my least favorite cards. Because, mm-hmm. it's like, a lot... I mean, yeah, you can play around sometimes. You can kill them through it. You can, like, right. I don't know, like, make them... Force them to pressure with spend mana. But it's like, a lot of times, that's just not the case. And the hand state you're put in, like, first Unhealing Spirit, and on what deck you're in, like, you auto-lose. you auto lose. Like, mm-hmm. you can't beat it. Like, you're... if You can even have outlet in your deck. But, like, if you don't have it at the time, like, you, it's just over. And, right. like nothing you do really about it and that's just and a lot of matchups it just makes decks like unplayable like hush is getting like hush is people say a lot of hush has the same example i think hush is obviously a a lot lesser scale but it's up there i don't really hate hush that much but i do think they could change it um but everything else i i don't really think there's any other cards i i actually like most of the cards in this game i'm sure there's more somewhere but i I like most
1: of them well i know there's one i don't know if you love or hate it or whatever but i know that you've been relatively vocal about it and that's ezreal
2: yeah. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I'm not like that against Ezreal. It's just-, oh, just Not necessarily against, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. What... What I, in, I think it should be nerfed slightly. I mean, right okay. now it's like the worst I've ever been. But um, I just feel, uh, you want cards to feel, to play against and with feel fun, healthy and interactive.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Ezreal could be fun for them, but sure. I don't think he's very interactive. Or healthy. And a lot of people will say, well, the interaction part is all that, that steps before Ezreal, like all the removal spells and stuff like that. And it's like, I mean, yeah, maybe for you, but like if you're just playing and like they just, you know, like a lot of hands, you just, you you summon things and like they kill. it. It's just like, it feels like between the steps between the beginning and Ezreal, there's only so much you can do to right. play, play around him because he'll open the deck. And you wouldn't, like... Look at Faren. Farron gives you three decimates and turn eight, and like takes. this take like twelve more mana to, or fifteen more mana to do. Ezreal, when you play him, he just does twenty damage to your nexus in the game yeah. if you can, and it's just over. Like it's just like, it's just kind of. I don't know. I, I don't not like Ezreal. I just wish that there was more counterplay to Ezreal. Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, I mean, again, you can say what you will, thinking like the beginning parts or counterplay. That's true. There is a lot of counterplay before Ezreal, but. Even given all that, all the things you can do with the, you know, leading to Ezreal, I still feel like he's in his own, like, league. And yeah. this format's a bit different. Like, I, I, I like the card I said earlier, I actually would much rather change those than Ezreal. Sure. So, like, Ezreal, I'm much passionate about. I just, someone asked me to change it. I mean, we had what last format there was, like, five tier one, tier two Ezreal decks. Mm-hmm. And then people actually went out their way to make Lux Ezreal to see if it was good. And it was, like, low tier two. So it's just like, okay, if you can put a card in every single region mm-hmm. in the game, it's actually stunning how he's not like tier one right now. Cause I was talking with Swim on a pod, on one of his podcasts one time. Mm-hmm. We looked back at the formats and I think he was tier one every single format in the game. And he was the best deck in every yeah. single format in the game except for like one or two. So and this is actually his lowest right now.
1: And I would, I have to think that, I mean, we even saw, I mean, we saw, um, I mean, we haven't had a ton of tournaments and, you know, ladder is still, you know, forming, right? We've I mean we've seen Targon Ezreal already perform at least up to some level, right? With you know Teal Red was running that at the onset of the format, the Targon Ezreal and like again, like you said, there's no way like even Teal Red who is a madman and a specialist at certain decks, like there's no way that he built that deck optimally, right? And he was probably playing it very well, but there like there's so much that you can change about the deck and like my uh, I like Ezreal as a card because I think I mean I'm probably a little bit biased because I like the character. He used to be my old main back when I played uh, League, like in 2010 or whatever. Um, and I just like the I just like the design of the card in general. But the fact that he levels in the deck, the fact that he levels for doing something that you already want to do in a control deck, like very easily. Um And then the fact that he is uninteractable once he's in play because of burst and in all that, like the way that you make him worse is to make either other things overpowered and either faster or somehow like make it so that you don't want to target things.
0: I think nerds are, are 10 times healthier than buffs. In, yeah. In car especially. Right. Because way beca-
1: to go. Be, yeah. Because if you pump, if you but, power up you other things, what's that?
0: That's what happened in the Brahmanivia format. That's, right. that's what happened in the Brahmanivia format, and it was, like, the worst format. Like, right. like, instead of nerfing things, they just had to buff, like, three other things, and then it just became, like, the be least healthy power creep, like, Rock Persever's format. And uh, what I would mention about nerfs, though, is I think everything should be extremely slight in the nerfs and buffs. We've seen extremely slight nerfs and buffs change things, like Irish and Trapper and mm-hmm. stuff. So if I, if yeah. I were say, like, oh, it's almost like, hey, Nick, what do you think about nerfing this card? And I would say yes, which is going to be kind of rare. Uh, I mean... I would nerf some things, but I, it's like I mean, like extremely scarce. I'm not talking like people think. Always think nerf means like gut the card or kill the card. Like yeah. no, like if, if you want to nerf something, like make it extremely slight because mm. uh, this game is so balanced, right? Like I'm being honest, like this game is just like so balanced. That's why it's it's still questionable to even nerf anything at all all the time right. or like buff things. So I feel if they do do something and make it very very slight, the main reason Ezreal concerns me or one of them, is that with cards coming out, he's going to be extremely yes. easy to level. Like, when I first saw Make It Rain, level up three out of eight, yep. I was like, this is insane. Like, mm-hmm. it's a two-cost card that levels up three out of eight. What if Bilgewater gets one more card? Like, you, like there's at some point, Bilgewater's going to get another card that targets multiple things, right? right? Like, at some point. And then what? Like, if you just get him five out of eight, like, turn three. Like, that's just, mm. like, insane. And then Riptide Rex levels him up in one in one go. The thing about that is, like, it's like, oh, well, Rex is the problem. It's like, okay, let's say Rex is the problem, Right uh, and they they nerf one can barrage off it right. It's still it's still gonna blow it up like almost instantly. Right. Like you know what I'm saying. So it's just like it doesn't matter. Like they can't just take Rex out of the game. Like they're not gonna do that. Right. So like I feel. And then a lot of people also say, well, we need karma to like kill people twenty zero. It's like, well, I don't think so because usually when people level Ezreal. And most decks will do, like, like 8 damage that turn. And if they don't kill it immediately that turn, which a lot of times they can't, right? it's elusive and stuff. The next turn, they get their mana back and they refill and then they just do it the rest of the damage. Yeah.
1: But that, that goes to a, a point that we actually talked about on the show last week is, like, people always think, like, oh, well, if you do, you know, 700,000 damage, that's way better than if you do 20, when actually those two numbers are the same in this game. If you do, yeah. if you have an infinite combo or you have something that does exactly 20 it's the same amount of damage like it doesn't matter if you can do more so like if an ezreal can scrap together 20 damage or you can like combo kill them and do 20 in one turn with ezreal karma it doesn't actually matter those are the same thing right and just because like you did the flashy thing doesn't make it better but yeah to kind of to kind of summarize your point because i don't want to um go too much more on ezreal i know we're 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 quickly running out of time here. So we're going to uh, go to just a couple yeah. more topics, but um, <laughs> the, to kind of summarize like Ezreal, the way Ezreal's designed and, and there's some other cards too um, that are like this. So I don't want to necessarily harp on exactly Ezreal, but it limits like the types of cards that they can print. Like you said, what if Buildswater has like a, a three mana deal, you know, deal two damage to something. And if it kills it, do one to something else, like something like that, like, right. Like, all of a sudden, Ezreal Bilgewater is is busted. Like it just needs that one little piece. And like, do you want to make it so that you can never print another card like that, or do you want to maybe change Ezreal? So that that's I think the 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 sort of the thought behind it. But um, also note,
0: I yeah. uh, I didn't even mention Ezreal card. I didn't like. I like Ezreal. I, I like Karma Ezreal. Um, yeah. And yeah. again, they know from making extremely slight, This is like you know the worst ever been and um again like very slight it's like i'm not, like i want I like should be seems to be like a strategy in the game you should want to take that away he's one of the only of his kind so he should be good um but you know maybe it's slightly worse all right i'm gonna go two seconds without explanation saying cards i like because i'm mostly about positivity yeah. so i want to i want to explain any things i'll just say them all right diana misfortune draven garen also quinn um, oh, we put Yasuo on there, Saucy.
2: <laughs> uh, I gotta go do like dishes. The, you know, <laughs> kind of
0: overpowered. I do like him. I'm giving up Battlecaster. Um, is cool. I, I like Bilgewater, Demacia, Noxus and Shadow Isles a lot. But I mm-hmm. think Targon's going to grow I mean, The Celestials are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are, I guess, the cards I like.
1: Nice. Yeah, okay, I think... 20- there's a lot of there's a lot of really cool things to like and a lot of like there's a lot of diversity in a lot of the regions to there's a lot of stuff to like out of out of pretty much any of them
2: mm-hmm.
1: um okay saucy with only a few minutes left are there any other is there any other topic specifically that you want to go into
2: yeah i have i have a very i have a very important question that i've been Really, the whole rest of the show you can just delete; none of it matters. <laughs> um, just throw it sure. all out because all right, cards are great. There people play delete this, it. yeah. Just throw it away. <laughs> like people play this game because it's a I'm air quoting card game. We all really know it's important. I need to know, Nick. What is your favorite guardian?
0: Oh, um, <laughs> I think it's actually the new dog. Oh yeah, the Cosmo Dog. dog. Is good. But I also re- I really like Rainbow Poro, mm-hmm. Cosmo Dog uh the festival kit and Vonyip. Nice. Those are probably my four. I can't pick one. Oh, oh you don't like It's tough.
1: No, no, no. That those are good. I'm just glad oh. that you didn't say T-Hex. That's that's the only one that is off uh, Okay. Yeah, I with after
0: all of them. I usually use Cosmo or the Rainbow Poro, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy Vanyep and Festival Kit when I did use them. Mm-hmm. Um I mean I'm gonna use them again. There's two of my favorites, but uh I, I like, that. yeah, I think I like Vanyip and, uh, or not Vanyip, um, I do like that one, but Cosmo and the Rainbow
1: Four. Mm-hmm. Both this are my, my two picks. Both are Those very, are acceptable answers. Good. Yeah. Very, very good answers. But Nick, we are just about out of time here. So I want to thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it. I think you had some really, really good insights into just playing at a high level, like actually, you know putting real testing into decks and not just, uh, net, not even, not even to be against net decking, but actually like yeah, actually testing. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a level of beyond net decking that you need to do, which is actually test the deck and see what actually, uh, works and doesn't work and how you're supposed to play the deck, not just uh copy pasting. But Nick, where can people find you? Uh, is there anything else that you're doing? What, what, what do you want to sell out? Shout out plug the floor is yours. Uh,
0: OK, twitch.tv slash NickBasePlays is my Twitch. I also have a YouTube, same thing, uh, NickBasePlays. So please follow me there. I'm on Everyday at 6.30 EST, which is right now, but I'll be on like an hour or something. And then the second thing I want to do is actually bring light to something that me, uh, Silverfuse, Precipix, Swim, Mav, and Rallydon's work on, and it's making articles for Um uh, We started making daily guides for Mobilitics, and it's on the websites so as a guide section. I think they're all very informative, a lot of like times and put into them and uh they're kind of a new feature. So I like people to go check those out. Um my writing can definitely improve in a lot of ways. So I actually like love to hear <laughs> feedback if I'm gonna read them because like I, if I'm writing something like I really like like I write like a deck guide, it'd be so easy, right? But um I feel uh I want you guys to check out our work and I would love to hear uh, what you guys have to say about uh the Mobile Lux guides improving and also you know, follow me on Twitch and YouTube, if you'd like to, um, I guess the last thing is, like, what my stream does. Uh, I try to just high-level better play after I hit, like, a uh, high rank or whatever I want. Like, I hit rank 1 in NA pretty fast. So I want to do it EU now. After that, I'll probably just take take deck requests. After I've done my one want to do for the format, I just mm-hmm. ask the chat, like, pick two champions, um, and I'll make the best deck I possibly can. I think my favorite thing to do is take a concept or a deck against potential and make it the best I can make it. That's what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. So if you enjoy watching that kind of thing happen, then... I got you. Let's like have fun. So uh, I like that to positivity too. I'm very positive. I know that mm-hmm. it gets get harder, and like uh, this format especially for me has been um, some some matchups. I don't know are like weird, but generally I like positivity, and I really like mm-hmm. to um, have people have playstate have fun. So if you're looking for a stream that's like upbeat or like you feel like you can be yourself, then I really like to like talk about the good things of LOR. talked about cards I didn't like, but that was just because they asked me, and I, I said cards I like too. Mm-hmm. But I really like to um, spread the amazing things about this game because I think that pretty much everything is amazing. And um, why do it's so much good to say you could go on forever. So yeah, yeah. Just, uh, if you want to hang out of the war, that's what we do.
1: Yeah, and I, I personally can recommend Nick's stream. If you haven't been in there, make sure you're checking it out and check out the guides as well on MobileLytics. Saucy, where can people find you when you're not here on the show? ah
2: i'm always here on the show um <laughs> you can find me just my website Uh, that's where all of my guides and videos and everything's at um and i'm just on the internet everywhere at saucymailman
1: sweet well you can find me on uh twitter at the underscore blevins you can find me on twitch sometimes i stream mostly just podcasts these days uh twitch.tv slash the blevins but you can find the podcast on twitter at rune terrible you can go to com. Go to deckpicks.live. That's the website that we have, and the best place to find us is going to be at discordme Radio. We have an amazing community there. A lot of folks, a lot of folks of you that are in chat right now are very, very active in the Discord. So cannot suggest if you're a new player, return, you know, uh, veteran player, anything like that. It is a really great place to find people to play with and theorycraft and just you know shoot the shit with. It's an amazing community that we have. And of course, like we mentioned at the top of the show, we do have the Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash Radio. Again, shout outs to Cosign Joe, Knight Striker, and Rivenhound for being our first patrons there. But you can support us there if you want as well. But that is going to be it. Thank you again to Nick for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Had an amazing conversation. But for Nick, for Saucy, I'm Blevins, and we'll see you next week, and we'll talk about some more Legends of Runeterra. (laughs)